money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Okay, so you work with a title company, and and we have lots of, um, you know, power team members. You're a power team member. Every real estate investor, sooner or later, you're going to need a title company to close your deals, right? So they can do title search, and I assume you do both commercial and residential, right? And mainly mainly residential. Okay, well, most people here are doing residential, but okay. So, like, what kind of rentals? Like, uh, are you talking like rental property, like single family houses? Okay. Well, I'm going to say something you're not going to want to hear. So, um, a lot of people, uh, have this concept that buying rental properties will create passive income. And I'm going to tell you, I've been doing it for 20 years. I now own $30 million worth of single family houses, mostly here in Austin. And if you add up all the actual true net income after expenses on a $30 million portfolio, what's left would not pay for a really nice watch that I own. It's just not significant. So I always like to say passive income is a myth. You got lied to. Cash flow is a myth. It's all fantasy. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, right? But not a whole lot because people always think there's cash flow that's not real. Like you have a property that's rented out for sixteen hundred a month, and the mortgage payment PITI is twelve hundred a month. What's the cash flow? You would think it's four hundred, but that's a lie, isn't it? You ever have vacancies? You ever have repairs? You have to take depreciation. You should always use property management. The actual net is about eighty bucks. Make eighty bucks. What is that? A thousand dollars a year? So is that real money? No, that's not real money. You'd have to have a thousand of those things before it's real money. So, so that's my point. It's not real money. And then I get somebody who says, Oh, I've got this property that's $800 a month. Right. And, and I've been doing this for 20 years. And here's what happens. You get a property. We call that the unicorn property. Oh, it's $800 a month. And, and then what happens is you're making 800, you're making 800, you're making 800 up. New air conditioning system, $10,000. Whammo. Just wiped out a year for a cash flow. You start to get up. Making money, making money, boom, new roof, 8,000 bucks, wiped out a year's worth of cash flow. You get caught up, making money, making money, boom, make ready, 12,000 bucks, you wiped out another year's cash flow. So you start to make a little money and then inevitably something happens and it just wipes it out, right? You make a little money and it wipes it out. So yeah, you can make a little bit of cash flow from rental properties, but I don't think a lot. You know, you do a crappy fix and flip. You make 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand. You have an incredible rental property. It makes you a couple grand, right? So, so the big money is in actively doing stuff, flipping and all kinds of flipping strategies. The little, little baby money is in the rental properties. So if that's just what happens, if there's really not a lot of, and I have friends that own a lot more property than I do. I'm not a big fish, right? Some people think I am, but I'm, I know people own a lot more rental property than I do. And they're going to say the same thing. There's really not a cash. There's really not a lot of cash out of this, right? So then what's the point of rental property? I'll tell you what they do. I've been buying rental properties for 20 years since 2003. I now own $30 million worth of houses here in Austin. My total debt, total debt on a $30 million portfolio is under $5 million. Why? 
because the property doubled in value and doubled again and doubled again, and the tenants paid off the mortgages. So my net worth has increased tremendously, right? If I wanted to retire, it's not going to be on the cash flow. It's going to be on $25 million worth of equity, right? If I really wanted to just sit on a beach and drink margaritas, I'm just going to sell one house a year, right? <laughs> For cash and then get all the cash, right? And that's going to generate a lot of, a lot of money. But, um, I always like to tell people because it took me a few years. I started buying rental properties thinking there's cash flow. Right. And I read the book, right? Rich Sampornet. Oh, there's cash flow. They talk about cash flow. And I, I started buying it. It's like, there's really no cash flow. Right. This is, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and not a lot of cash. Right. Now, flipping houses is a lot of cash flow. Now you can make some, some real money, you know, flipping. And, and, and I do them all. I love them both. I'm not trying to persuade you to do one versus the other. I'm just trying to kind of give you a little peek into the, the, the future. So I definitely like the idea of buying rental properties but I wouldn't buy them with the assumption that you're going to like get a bunch of cash flow and just sit on a beach and drink margaritas from all the massive cash flow from this, this portfolio of rental properties. Um, commercial properties give you better cash flow than residential properties, but they don't appreciate as well, right? So it's a trade-off, right? And, and I like income. I like uh, wealth, right? They're both good, right? My single-family portfolio has grown my wealth my flipping businesses grows my income. So I have nice income, flipping, active, and I have nice wealth from passively holding on to a large portfolio. If I go back and do anything I did, man, I would have bought three times as many houses. I just you can't go back, right? You can go forward, though. You can do anything you want. So welcome again, everybody. We're filling in the room, and uh, uh, we're just having a little chat. I'm kind of introducing myself to people as you sit uh, down. We're going to start the meeting shortly. We're going to do a uh, market update, going to give you lots of data on uh, what's going on in the marketplace. Uh, but while we're getting kind of warmed up, I'm just uh, saying hello to folks. And uh, who's new here? Who's new here? Okay, just about everybody's new here. Okay. Well, um, who is uh, looking at a deal? Anybody looking at a deal? Anybody got a deal they're looking at? No? Okay, don't worry. We'll teach you how to find deals if you don't have a deal yet. Um, okay. Who's here because you want to make money with money? Anybody want to make money with money? Okay, great. Well, um, for those of you that uh, got here a little later, I was talking about like all the different things you can do with real estate investing. And it's, it's, it's wonderful. You can make active income. You can place your job. You can make money with money. Uh, you can uh, build your wealth. Um, you know, real estate can do all of these things. And here at the Texas RIAs, you know, we are proponents of all types of real estate investing, commercial, residential, active, passive. It's all great, right? Now, I will say, probably, if your goal is to make money uh, with money, um, you might be interested in investing in commercial syndications. Commercial syndications, I always say, really wealthy people probably are not investing in the stock market. They're investing in private equity. They're investing in commercial real estate. Why? Because it's typically twice the return and half the risk. So if you discover there's something out there that has twice the return and half the risk, you're never going to go back to the stock market. Uh, but you got to learn about it, right? Anybody can invest in the stock market. It's super easy, right? You call a stockbroker, say, sell me some Apple computer or whatever. It's really easy for anybody to do. Commercial real estate, on the other hand, it's not that easy. You know, the, the easy deals like crowdfunding platforms don't go there, right? The best deals 
are deals you find within a network of investors. You, you got to be kind of inside the, the tent. You got to uh, meet people that are putting the deals together. Uh, and uh, commercial syndications uh, or when somebody is buying an apartment building or a storage facility or something, they're raising money from investors. Investors become shareholders in the deal. And then the syndicator right gets a loan and buys the property, improves the property, sells the property for uh, a profit. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. Um, but that's the best way I would know, uh, know to uh, make money with money. Does anybody have any questions on commercial syndications? Anybody have any questions on that? No? Go ahead. What is a commercial syndication? Well, a commercial syndication would be, for example, an apartment building. And somebody buys a apartment building, like for $20 million. So when somebody buys a $20 million apartment building, typically an investor, a sponsor, the head, the lead uh, investor, would find the property, get it under contract, and then to buy a $20 million apartment building, you'd first probably go get a seven, or I'm sorry, a, a $14 million loan from a bank. Now, don't get freaked out. It's not you and your job and your credit that uh, applies for the loan and, and secures the loan. The property secures the loan. These are typically non-recourse loans. So the sponsor is not on the loan, right? The property is on the loan. So to buy a $20 million property, right, you would go get a $14 million loan, and then you'd raise, uh, you know, the other, uh, what is that, $6 million from investors. So how do you raise $6 million from investors? You get 120 investors to invest $50,000. And now you've got your $6 million down. But when you're pooling, so, so all of those investors that are putting that $50,000 down, some more, some less, they are shareholders in the deal. So typically an LLC is created that buys the property, and all the investors are shareholders in that LLC. They own shares. They're limited partners. The sponsor that's putting the deal together is the general managing partner. And together, the partnership, the LLC or whatever the entity is, buys the property and then improves the property and sells the property for a profit. Does that answer your question or were there more questions for that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, you know, typically, if you buy the property, for $20 million, and then you raise the value, uh, maybe uh, 30%, and there's many things you can do to do that, uh, and sold it for like $26 million. Um, the bank gets back their 14, and the investors that put in the six, they get back their six and another six, so they double their money. And it's pretty typical, and every deal's a little different, but it's pretty typical when a syndication is put together, it is structured so that the investors double their money, right? So that's usually how these things are, are, are done. Uh, it's really hard to double your money in the stock market. You gotta get really lucky or wait a long time or whatever. Uh, but in commercial real estate, you know, you just have to increase the value of the asset by like 30%. And there's things you can do that, that, that will make that happen. You can even force that to happen. It's not that hard to do. Okay. Question. Typically three to five years. Usually these deals are structured as five-year deals. Commercial properties are constantly uh, bought and sold. And um, even commercial loans are typically not like residential loans. Residential loans are 30-year loans. Commercial loans are typically like five-year loans. They may be longer, uh, but these tend to be uh, short-term loans. So people are, because, you know, if you're an investor, you probably don't want to tie your money up for 30 years, right? You, you, you might be willing to commit for five years. 
So you put your money in the deal, typically it doubles your money in five years, you get your money back. And you get money along the way, so you don't get it all back at the end. You get like cash flow, right, along the way, and at the end you get the rest and your, and, and your profit. Well, I mean, that's kind of the tricky part, right? This is not like the stock market where there's just a big list of all the things. Um, you network, right? You, 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 you go with into a network of real estate investors and you start learning about commercial, residential, whatever it is that you're trying to do. And then you start to meet the people that are interested in these different asset types, right? So you just find these people mostly through networking. And especially commercial real estate, it's kind of an insider game. You got to know people that actually do it. This is the Texas RIAs. This is the largest by far network of real estate investor associations in Texas. We have 100,000 members, participants, and attendees that do everything under the sun, including commercial syndication. So commercial is not for everybody, but at some point, I think everybody should become interested and start investing. If your goal is to uh, quit your job and, and uh, you know, get started and make money quickly, I'm going to say flip houses. There's many ways to do it. Uh, you can do it even with little or no money. Uh, and it's a skill that is scalable. It's a great thing to do. And I would recommend everybody does that. But once you make more money than you need to pay your bills, you're going to want to do what? You're going to want to make money with your extra money, right? And then you're going to want to do it how, right? Whatever's the highest return and the safest. And if you know something that's like twice the return of the stock market and safer, you're never going to go back to the stock market. So I haven't invested in the stock market in over 20 years. I mean, it's just, I can't even imagine investing in the stock market. I mean, all my money is in real estate, either commercial or residential. Yeah. Yeah. Commercial real estate are, okay, apartment buildings, storage facilities, hotels, motels, hospitality. There's a hundred different variations of that. Assisted living facilities. RV parks, mobile home parks, those are all commercial. Technically, any uh, residential property greater than a fourplex is a residential property. A, a, a duplex or a fourplex is just considered residential, but five units and above is considered apartment building. It's a commercial investment. But yeah, commercial is very popular. Residential is very popular. I would say commercial right now, it's, I would say it's the best time in years to get into commercial. You know, and, and, and the reason is, Interest rates are normal again, you know, and, and, you know, three or four years ago, people were doing these deals. It was hyper competitive and they were structuring these deals that, man, these things only worked, you know, uh, if they got a three and a half percent mortgage, which is ridiculous, right? And if you have a deal that only works, you know, when, when every star in the sky has perfectly aligned, that's not a good deal. Um, now deals are available. It's not hyper competitive. Interest rates are normal. The market's normal. Everything's normal again. And, and I like investing in normal varies versus investing in abnormal, personally. Because abnormal, you can't bet on abnormal. Okay, any other questions? Well, if you're going to invest as a passive investor into a commercial syndication, the syndicator, the person who's raising the money, determines the minimum investment. I'm going to tell you it's pretty typical that a minimum investment would be 50000 could be more, could be less. There's no law or rule. It's just a guideline. So depending on how much money I'm trying to raise, if I'm trying to raise $10 million, I might say, wow, $10 million, I want to make my minimum investment at least $100,000, right? Because I don't want a thousand different people that I have to raise money from. So you might set the number higher. But of course, if you set the number higher, you guys say, well, okay, how many people have 100,000 versus 50,000 versus maybe 25,000? So there's kind of a little game that you play to figure out just 
how many people. One of my uh, members just raised uh, $20 million, and I think that it was a $100 million property they bought. They raised 20, uh, and they said they, they raised that from 200 different investors. So what is that, an average of 100,000 apiece, but some were less and some were more, because some people were maybe invested a million dollars, right? And other people just invested, you know, 50,000 or whatever. But I don't, I don't remember what their minimum was, but, um, but yeah, that's a pretty typical minimum would be uh, 50,000. It's also possible two people can combine their money to buy a share. But I will tell you also, the best way to learn commercial real estate is to honestly invest in commercial real estate. Um, because you get to see the deal, meet the sponsor, get a copy of the business plan, and then watch it happen right before your eyes. And you literally, and then you get, and then you make money, right? So you literally get paid to learn how it all works, right? So, uh, if your goal is to just get started, go flip houses, use the extra money, put it in commercial syndications, get paid to learn how commercial works. And then when you're ready, you go syndicate your own commercial deal. Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, share with other investors, or join us directly at TexasStarterKit.com.